Welcome to the Warrior School podcast, the podcast for women who train. I believe following a plan that works with your body and has a timeline of years is the future of women's training. I also believe women can train hard. We just need to learn how to do it in a respectful way. So Warrior, this is your go-to show for practical information on training, nutrition, hormones, and performance. Myself and tons of experts will help you create a training strategy that works with your body and gets results. I am your teacher, Amy Bow, coach, dietitian, and the creator of Warrior School. Okay, Warrior Woman, let's do this. Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School Podcast. This is episode 129, solo time. We're going to spend some solo time together. Today, we're going to talk about how to fuel before and after training to get stronger and build muscle. So do you feel like you can't recover, that maybe you're underperforming, that you're not getting stronger? Well, if you feel like that, potentially you are undernourished. A lot of women come to me because they are really struggling to train consistently. They aren't seeing results in their training or they're not getting stronger. And one of the simplest, but not always easiest and successful strategies I provide them is to make sure that they are eating enough food. So many women are underfed. And it's mostly because they are afraid to eat as they are trying to lose weight or they don't want to gain any more weight. Or they unknowingly underfeed themselves as they actually don't realize how much they need to eat to support their hormones, their physiology, energy, and their training. So, so many women that I start working with, it's less and less now because a lot of the women that come into warrior school have been on a healing journey. So they have worked with Josh and Jeannie from Real Food Gangsters. They've done Jessica Ash's course. Uh, Some of the women that apply for Warrior School, uh, I send to work with Leela on, you know, learning to to nourish their body and to create some stability and safety before they come into Warrior School. And a lot of women aren't even eating enough to just support their physiology, their hormones, you know, their basal metabolic rate, and then they're training on top of this. So in today's episode, I wanted to talk through how we can fuel ourselves well before and after training so we can get stronger, uh, so we can push harder, lift heavier, recover better, and build muscle and feel really great in our bodies. So the baseline calorie intake for women to meet energy needs is 
around 40 calories per kilo of body weight. Uh, You know, it can be hovering around 35 to 40 or 40 to 45, but it's around that 40 calories per kilo of body weight. So one kilo of body weight is 2.2 pounds. So for myself, I'm going to do it right now. Now, I don't know my exact weight. Uh, I'm just going to do it off the last weight uh, that I know, which was the last time I competed in Olympic weightlifting. That's the last time I weighed myself, and that was in 2015. Uh, But I'm just going to take an estimate. Okay, so I times my body weight by 40 calories per kilo, and that came out at 2,700 calories that my body needs to function. Uh, and so you can do that right now if you want Uh, calculate it calculate it in ranges Uh, so do like a range of 35 to 40 calories per kilo of body weight and then do a range of 40 to 45 calories per kilo of body weight we can also do an equation but we're not going to do that uh, today I actually had a question yesterday on Instagram or a DM and uh, she wanted to know how she works out her total energy expenditure. So there are quite a few equations that you can work out your resting metabolic rate and then you can add on your total energy expenditure or your like activities, which gives you your total energy expenditure. Uh, The most accurate way to determine your resting metabolic rate is through a scan, like a very accurate scan, like a DEXA scan, because that is actually giving you the complete breakdown of your body, bones, muscles, fat, um, you know, uh, all types of tissue, And so a DEXA scan will produce a resting metabolic rate based on the body composition. The resting metabolic rate uh, changes based on a few things. Uh, It can be impacted by um, stress, illness, uh, our body composition. So one of the biggest uh, influences on someone's resting metabolic rate is the amount of muscle mass that they have. Muscle mass is our active tissue. So the more muscle mass that I have, the higher my resting metabolic rate will be. So I want you to imagine that I'm, I'll use myself as an example. So I I lay in bed all day or I lay on my rug here on the floor and I don't do anything all day. My body needs a certain amount of energy just to survive, to function, you know, for my hormones, my skin, my hair, my nails, to keep my brain functioning, my heart functioning. Now, my resting metabolic rate is around 1400 calories. Uh, And I can determine that through an equation or I could determine that through getting a DEXA scan. Now, we could have a person that's my age but maybe they have less muscle mass. Their resting metabolic rate is going to be a little lower than mine. 
the more muscle we have, the more active our body is, the higher our resting metabolic rate, which is super cool. So we have, we have our resting metabolic rate and we, we really want to know how much our body needs to just survive, to support our hormones and our physiology. But then we also want to know how much energy we're using through activities of daily living. So for myself, I walk Hank for an hour in the morning and then another half an hour or 45 minutes in the evening. You know, I might do a two hour strength session at the gym. Potentially I walk home from the gym. Then I'm standing here recording the podcast. You know, I'm using, you know, I stand, so I'm shifting my weight. I'm using my arms. You know, I walk around the house. Uh, We have what's called activities of daily living. So my total energy expenditure, how much my body uses is around, and it can, it can depend. Yeah. So if it's a non-training day or a lower activity day, it's going to be a little lower, but let's just say on average, I might expend 2,600, 2,700 calories a day. So it comes in pretty close to what we just worked out when we used 40 calories per kilo of body weight. And that's a lot. That's a lot of energy. So then if I am not even eating to support my resting metabolic rate and then my energy expenditure is super high, that over time is going to create stress on my body because I'm not giving my body enough fuel to to function and not just function, but to be really nourished and to thrive. Um, So then I'm not going to get what I want out of my training. Yeah. And over time, this is when we start to see that actually this is a detriment and potentially I start having trouble with my sleep or my mood or my focus, my energy. Uh, I can't recover well from my training. I'm not progressing in my training or I get injured in my training. And a lot of the times when we can't recover, we're underperforming, we aren't getting stronger, we start to see a breakdown in all of our markers, it's likely that we're undernourished, that we're not giving the body enough nourishment, enough food to support ourselves, our physiology, and then our training on top of this. So we can look at our total energy intake, and then we can also look at our macronutrients. And so the two I really want to focus on today, carbohydrates and protein. And we're going to spend most of the podcast episode talking about protein. So these are the carbohydrate ranges I recommend based on exercise or training duration and or intensity. And this comes a lot from my uh, sports nutrition background. So when I did My undergrad degree, we had to do a lot of sports nutrition. And then when I did my master's, we did a little bit of sports nutrition. And I did uh, did double check this uh, because it's been a long time since I have been in university. What were the most recent recommendations coming from the research around um, carbohydrate and protein to fuel uh, training and performance? So for light or active recovery days, They say we want to aim for about 2.5 grams per kilo. Uh, So I'm going to, 
I highly recommend that you have your phone or your calculator and I'm going to calculate it as we go here. So 2.5 times my body weight. So that's about 175 grams of carbohydrates for a light or an active recovery day. For short, intense days like CrossFit training, uh, or I would say, uh, you know, some of my shorter intense training sessions, they say aim for 2.5 to 3 grams of carbohydrate per kilo. So let's jump to three. So that's 210 grams of carbohydrates. And then for moderate, moderate to high intensity training, lasting 60 to 120 minutes, we need three to 3.5 grams. So let's just do 3.5 times my body weight. That's 245 grams of carbohydrates to support my training, to give me energy uh, to be able to train. Now, we're not going to go into you know, the types of carbohydrates. Um, I will go into how we pair it with protein and I'll give you a gram amount that works pretty well when it comes to fueling before and after training because we need both protein and carbohydrates um, in our pre and post uh, training meals or snacks to get the most out of um, our training. So let's actually talk about protein. And then I'm also going to give you some examples. Uh, I'll give you three examples on it, depend, depending on what time you train, of how to spread uh, your snacks or your meals or your protein intake over the day. So, protein, uh, we want to aim for 1.5 to 2 grams per kilo of body mass per day. So, I'll just plug in. I'll just plug in two. So that's 140 grams for me. And that's, you know, that's what I try and hit. Um, most days I try and hit between 130 to 140 grams. So you can uh, put 1.5 to 2 grams per kilo of body weight per day. So we're going to use the example that we need to hit about 140 grams of protein. So the first thing that we want to look at is that we really want to spread the protein over the day. Uh, and we want, to, we want to have like three to four hours between meals. Uh, if we're training, and this is what we're going to focus on, we want to have pre or post snacks uh, that have protein in them to support our training practice. So what I thought we could do is actually go through three examples. So if you train early in the morning, if you train mid-morning, or if you train in the afternoon. And we can have a look at how you could structure uh, your protein intake and your snacks. So if you are the early morning trainer, the early morning warrior, you have to get up, you know, 5.30, 6 a.m. and hit the gym and train. Uh, maybe you like training that early. Maybe it's the only time you can train. I'll often get asked, you know, is that bad? I've done a few posts on when is the optimal time for a woman to train. And look, we are more stable between like 10 and three. And that is because 
cortisol is at its highest uh, on waking and then till around mid-morning. Cortisol is actually what wakes us up. We have what's called cortisol awakening response and it it wakes us up. So our cortisol is highest from around seven to like nine. And so we want to actually regulate that cortisol. And one of the ways that we can do that is through food. Through Food actually down-regulates the nervous system, down-regulates those stress hormones. So this is why we talk about eating breakfast within 30 to 60 minutes of waking up, having some protein, having some carbohydrate. If we wake up and we down some black coffee and then we go and train and we do high intensity training or we're trying to lift heavy weights that's creating more stress on the body training is stressful now it's a great type of stressor uh, and remember stress is when the demands on the body uh, exceed the resources that we have to really manage that stress So there's a couple of things that we can think about. If you find it really hard to eat something before you go to train, we can look at the night before. So before bed, we can look at having 30 to 40 grams of protein, uh, a casein-based protein in your last meal or snack. So we could look at having casein powder, uh, high protein Greek yogurt or cottage cheese. And you would do that, um, have it with your last meal or what I like to tell my warriors in warrior school is to have it as their last snack at nighttime. And we want to be trying to hit 30 to 40 grams of protein before bed. So then they wake up in the morning and if they can't, I try and encourage and over time we build a food strategy, but it's and potentially it starts with eating nothing at all, but they're not allowed to drink coffee if they're not <laughs> if they're not eating anything. Uh, and then they can go and do their practice and then they come back for their practice and they eat within 30 minutes of finishing their training practice. Uh, and That's really important. You know, if you can't eat before you train, you want to eat within 30 minutes of finishing your session and you want to aim for 40 grams of protein and 50 grams of carbohydrates. Uh, If you feel like you can eat before that early morning session, start with something light. Again, uh, I encourage a lot of my warriors to have something similar to that nighttime snack or if they don't want to eat the nighttime snack we pop it in the morning so they wake up they can make their coffee they can have that um, high protein snack uh, with some carbohydrates in the morning so always say have at least 20 grams of protein and 20 to 30 grams of carbohydrates for that pre-training snack in the morning time then go and train And then you would be eating breakfast. And so you would try and aim for that 30 to 40 grams of protein at breakfast time as that post-training meal. So it could look like, so an example uh, for you, if you're an early morning trainer and you do not eat anything before you practice, it would look like starting the night before. So 30 to 40 grams the night before. Uh, and then training and then having your 30 to 40 grams at breakfast after training. If 
You are an early morning warrior trainer, but you can eat something before you do your practice. It's having a snack that it has at least 20 grams of protein and 20 to 30 grams of carbohydrates. Then you would train, then you would come home and you would have your uh, breakfast within 30 minutes of finishing your session. And you're trying to aim for at least 40 grams of protein and at least 50 grams of carbohydrates. It can be a little higher in your carbohydrates if you want. And then you'll move on with the rest of your day and you'll spread out your protein intake. So it could look like uh, 40 grams protein at breakfast and then you have another 20 grams at a snack before lunch and then you have 30 grams at lunch and then 30 to 40 grams at dinner and your pre-bedtime snack. If you're a mid-morning warrior trainer, uh, we have breakfast and then maybe a pre-training snack, okay? So you'll have your breakfast uh, and within breakfast, we're trying to eat around 30 grams. We always wanna try and eat at least 30 grams in our main meals. Then if it's gonna be a couple of hours before you're actually going to train, I recommend having a pre-training snack. Uh, Same thing again, 20 grams of protein, 20 to 30 grams of carbohydrates. And you want your pre-training snack to do three things. So when you're thinking about, okay, uh, creating a snack that you can have, you know, within 30 to 60 minutes of training, there's three things to think about. It provides you fuel, so you you want it to come from nourishing sources, quality proteins, roots, fruits, um, for your carbohydrates. Two, you want it to limit muscle breakdown. So that's why we have the quality protein. That's why we're focusing on uh, casein, you know, high protein Greek yogurt, cottage cheese. And then three, you want it to make you feel good. So you definitely want to be eating something that is palatable. You tolerate it really well. So if we're a mid-morning trainer, an example would be breakfast where we have our normal breakfast. We try and get at least 30 grams of protein in breakfast. And then we have that pre-training snack that has at least 20 grams of protein and 20 to 30 grams of carbohydrates. Then we train And then we'll have that 30 to 40 grams of protein post-training at lunchtime. And we want to try and get that in within 30 minutes of finishing our training. And then potentially we could have a snack in the afternoon that might sit around 15 to 20 grams and then dinner that night and or our pre-bed snack, which has 30 to 40 grams. Then we have the afternoon warrior And if you're training in the afternoon, what it will probably look like is you'll have breakfast, so about 30 grams of protein. You'll have a snack, which will be about, you know, 15 to 20 grams of protein. You'll have lunch, which is around, you know, 25, 30 grams of protein. Then you'll have your pre-training snack. So coming back to 20 grams of protein, 20 to 30 grams of carbohydrates, within 30 to 60 minutes of training, then you'll train. And then uh, depending on what time it is, you're either gonna have a post-training snack or you're gonna go straight into dinner. 
So a lot of my warriors that train in the afternoon will just go straight to dinner and they'll have that within 60 minutes and they'll have their 40 grams of protein. So, and this, this is, we're talking about like strength training, you know, we're talking about going to the gym or practicing at home, you know, doing an hour of strength training. Uh, it's a little different uh, when we talk about endurance training. Uh, it's similar to having a pre-race uh, or a pre-training um, snack uh, when you're on the bike or you're going for a run. You know, you want that snack to do three things. You want it to uh, provide fuel, limit muscle breakdown, and make you feel good. You also want it to have about 20 grams of protein and 20 to 30 grams of carbohydrates. The thing with uh, endurance athletes or women that practice endurance sports, uh, run a lot, cycle long distances, is that we then actually get into during training fueling. And hydration becomes really key, especially if we're training for long periods of time in hot, humid environments, uh, and especially if we're in the second phase of our cycle. So uh, on a previous podcast episode, I think it's 127, the one before this, I've also got a list of a bunch of others I've done on training with our cycle. I talk about how in the second phase of our cycle, if we're in our cycle years, that we have high progesterone and progesterone is catabolic and so it breaks down. And so we really wanna prevent that by protein, eating enough protein, because protein is a build up. So it becomes really essential, especially if we're training hard in that second phase of our cycle, that we are eating enough protein. It's important all the time, uh, but we just are in a little bit more of a catabolic state. Uh, So we have more breakdown, a little bit harder to recover. So it's really important that we really nail this pre and post fueling, you know, meeting our protein requirements, balancing the protein and the carbohydrates together in our pre or post snack. So I invite you to check out the work of Dr. Stacey Sims. Her book, Roar, is fantastic. She has... um, a really cool section. She does a lot of work with endurance athletes. That's kind of her jam. She was an endurance athlete. She works mostly with endurance athletes. We do talk a little bit about it on our podcast that we did together, episode 100, Mastering Menopause. Uh, But she does a lot of work around fueling during training uh, and hydration. So I'll pop the link to her book in the show notes and I highly recommend that you check Uh, her workout. Okay, so let's recap. So the first thing that we want to do is we really want to understand if we're eating enough, enough calories to support our physiology, our hormones, and then our training or our activities of daily living on top of that. So get really clear what your total energy expenditure is. And this is really important, especially when it comes to training and performance. Like if you want to perform, if you want to be able to lift heavy and recover, get stronger, build muscle, this the tracking stuff becomes a little bit more important. And we can get really clear on if we are eating enough uh, to support ourselves. So take that, take those reference ranges of, you know, 35 to 40 calories per body weight or 40 to 45 calories per body weight. 
That will give you an estimate. You can also use a resting metabolic rate equation uh, or you could get a DEXA scan, uh, which will give you the most accurate reading for your resting metabolic rate based on your exact body composition. Then we want to look at carbohydrates, especially if we're training a lot, we want to perform, we want to get stronger. We need to give the body carbohydrates. We need to eat enough carbohydrates to give ourselves fuel. So we broke down, you know, on a light or active recovery day, we want about 2.5 grams per kilo. Then for short, intense days, we want about 2.5 to 3 grams. And then for moderate to high intensity training, lasting 60 to 120 minutes, or it can be even longer, we need 3 to 3.5 grams of carbohydrates per kilo. And then we focused on protein. So when it comes to getting stronger, uh, recovery, building muscle, we really want to make sure that we're eating enough protein. So we used an example of 140 grams of protein per day. And then we looked at three examples. So if you're an early morning trainer and you're not eating before you practice, one, I highly recommend that you start to actually really look at that and eat something before you train. It will change your life. <laughs> but the thing that you can do is focus on the night before. So eating that 30 to 40 grams of casein-based protein in your last meal or snack. So casein powder, high-protein Greek yogurt, or cottage cheese. And then you'll wake up, no coffee, you'll do your practice, and then you'll have your um, post-training meal with your 40 grams of protein. Then you'll spread the rest of your protein evenly over the day. You also want to pair that protein with some carbohydrate. If you are early morning trainer, but you can stomach and you have trained yourself to actually have something before you train, you want that pre-training snack to have at least 20 grams of protein and 20 to 30 grams of carbohydrates. And you want it to do those three things. So provide fuel. So you want it to come from those quality sources. Um, you want it to limit muscle breakdown. So you are definitely got to have protein there and you, you want it to make you feel good. You want to really be able to tolerate it. And then you'll come home and then you'll get your 40 gram hit of protein at breakfast time post training session. If you're a mid morning trainer, we looked at having our breakfast, which had about 30 grams of protein. And then potentially if you're not training within, you know, an hour after breakfast, we want to have a pre-training snack. We always want our pre-training snack to be within 30 to 60 minutes of training. And we always want our post-training snack or meal to be within the first 30 to 60 minutes uh, to help us recover uh, and to limit muscle breakdown. So if you're a mid-morning trainer, you're going to have breakfast, then you're going to look at that pre-training snack. So same guidelines for your pre-training snack, no matter what time you train, is that 20 grams of protein, 20 to 30 grams of carbohydrates. And then you will, uh, your post-training meal would probably be lunch where you want to try and get in, you know, your 30 to 40 grams of carbohydrates. If you're an afternoon trainer, we have breakfast, we have a snack, we have lunch, and then we'll have that pre-training snack, you know, maybe mid 
early afternoon and then we train and then we have that post-training dinner which has the 40 grams of protein in it. Then if you are an endurance uh, athlete or you train an endurance sport and you're doing a lot of long runs, rides, I highly recommend to check out Dr. Stacey Sims' work on fueling during training. She has some really cool stuff there and on hydration. Okay, Warrior Woman, I will pop related podcast episodes in the show notes. I'll also pop the link to Dr. Stacey's book uh, in the show notes. And if this is something you feel like you really need support with, this is what we do inside Warrior School. So I help my warriors uh, and it's part of helping them build a foundation. And if you feel like you need extra support, uh, you know, if you feel like you can't recover, you're underperforming, you aren't getting stronger uh, and that you are likely undernourished and you really want um, some leadership and support in this space, I highly recommend that you check out Warrior School. Uh, This is a really big part of our work. I teach women how to feel well so they can recover well and they can train hard. All right, Warrior Woman, I hope you have a great day. As always, I am so grateful that you whacked me in your ears uh, and I will see you soon. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another warrior woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.